Man, all hardly home, but always repping. That is me. That is me in a nutshell. It's your boy Benyam, man. Or you can call me the Black Celtic on here. Some people call me Yams. Some people call me Nino. My government is Benyam. I'm either way. I'm happy to have you, and I'm happy to have you acknowledge me in any way, any sort, whatever you'd like to call me. But here again, it's the Black Celtic, man. And I explained a couple episodes ago. Um, but I'll give you a brief synopsis on why I consider myself the black Celtic. It's because, man, I'm black. I was raised in Boston. I'm a Celtics fan and we don't have that many platforms to, uh, to speak truth and speak our truth. Um, however, everything I say comes back to the sports realm and the basketball world. Therefore, again, I am the black Celtic and I'm, and I'm, and I'm happy to welcome you guys to my world. Um, and a lot has happened. I mean, I haven't released an episode in eight months, seven months. I think since August, it was the last episode. It was the dog days of the summer. Um, so it was definitely around the uh, the August, uh, August and July time. Actually, it was prior to August because I moved out of Boston, guys. And that's why this song, Uptown by Drake, um, is, it's, it's almost like I played it the other day. When when Drake re re released the so far gone on Apple Music, and I, I I'm listening to Uptown, I'm like, man, this is this song is resonating like it's '09 again, or like it's 2010 again, when I'm a freshman in college, um, because I'm no longer in Boston, but I still I still Boston has a very very special place in my heart. Either way, I'm a Celtics fan. I'm not gonna have a, a long episode this time around. It's gonna be between ten and fifteen minutes. I'm just gonna go over exactly what has transpired over these last two three weeks of the NBA season, um, particularly with the Celtics, um, and more specifically with Kyrie Irving. And as and what do we expect to see going forward? Uh, man, we are. Five days removed from the All-Star break. One game in, and we are 0-1. And And I knew it. I knew it going into the game because we we have been 2-0 since Kyrie has left prior to the Philadelphia game. We won Philadelphia, and then we beat Detroit two two days later um, prior to the All-Star game, prior to All-Star weekend. And uh, and I knew it. I knew the headlines were going to be bubbling. I felt it first quarter. As soon as the tip off, as soon as Kyrie missed his first three or four shots, I'm like, oh, here we go. Here is all the naysayers. Here is the Kyrie um, detractors. Um, I could just see them, whether it was going to be a win or a loss. I could see they were going to point out something. And the Kyrie just kept missing. He just kept missing, kept missing. Finally came up big and then kept missing again. Um, and we're going to kind of dig into that and into what I saw and what I have been seeing from Kyrie um, as of late. And plus all the media attention, of course. And then you tack on top of that, uh, what do we expect from him um, this offseason? 
Um, so like I said, it was All-Star Week. I was in All-Star Weekend. Um, not a part of it. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say I was part of it. But I was at the festivities in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina this past weekend. Um, and it was a good time, man. Um, I didn't get to see Kyrie. One of my friends saw Kyrie. Um, but there was a lot of people out and about, a lot of celebrities. The nightlife was crazy. You know, people have people people questioned whether Charlotte was going to be a good city to have All Star Weekend because because All Star Weekend has let's be honest, it's turned into a hip hop dominated weekend. Right, so in the hip hop world, we stay out till three, four in the morning. But in Charlotte, the rules and the laws um, don't comply with that. The rules and the laws say no clubs close at two a.m. And then if you can find an after hour spot, whether it's legal or illegal, go for it. Um, but my question is, why do people like staying after two o'clock, anyways? If you if if you have, listen, everyone goes to the club with a goal. Right, you want to have fun. If you're single, you may want to find a partner to get with for the night. But after two a.m., if you don't have your partner, what are you? What are you looking for? Go home, take an L, start over again the next day. There are day parties on Saturday. There are day parties on on Sunday. Shit, there are parties every day. You feel the need to stay till three, four in the morning to find somebody to take home, bro? Just take the L. People are complaining like, oh, you know, Charlotte's everything closes really early around here. What do you need to stay up to four o'clock in the morning? Those are just scragglers. After four o'clock in the morning, you're not going to find anything you want. You're not going to find anything safe to take back. Let's just be honest. Anyways, I don't I, I, I'm going off topic here. Um, All-Star Weekend was great. Festivities was great. I was really surprised to see A.D., Kawhi and Kyrie playing the All-Star game. However, um, a lot of their minutes were monitored and... Um, and as expected, they didn't take on a bulk of the responsibility. You know, they kind of shot their couple shots in the game. They didn't overplay. They didn't. Um, they didn't do anything to put any wear and tear on their existing injuries. Um, with that being said, a lot of speculation about Kyrie, KD. What's going to happen in the next few months? What is going to transpire? Um, over free agency over this over this next year. Obviously, KD is free to go wherever he wants, and obviously Kyrie is free to go wherever, anywhere he wants. Um, however, there is a lot of a lot of things to take into consideration. I think this year more than ever, a lot of these decisions are going to be based off of how teams play going forward, right? If the Warriors go to the finals and they win, well. It's, KD has a special situation where I think he already has in his mind what he's going to do because if they go out and win, that's three in a row. That's three in a row for KD. I think he'll be content with that and he'll go go ahead and go on to the next team and try to make another name for himself or try to maybe big up his brand even more. Who knows, right? And if they lose, I think there's going to be enough. Um, fire in the locker room, and because it's gonna take a lot for Golden State to lose, it's gonna take a real um, meltdown, I'd say, for Golden State to lose. So if that happens, I can also see KD going away. But for the Celtics, let's say Kyrie, if the Celtics their winning is going to the finals, if Kyrie has the ability to take lead this team to the finals, 
right? And you can clearly see, especially with this squad with a lot of young talent, you can clearly see they are a year away from winning the finals and beating Golden State or whoever they play in the finals, Golden State. Um, then I think a decision to re-sign with the Celtics is likely to happen. But if we lose, if we lose in let's say the second round of the playoffs to a Toronto or to Philly or to Milwaukee or any of those teams, um, I think no question Kyrie is out because if the only way we lose to these teams is going to be because of dysfunction. We are not going... Any team in the East, we play our A game and they play their A game, we should win. No doubt about it. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand that concept, so let me break it down. Let me say the Nets, right? So the Nets squeeze into the playoffs. If the Nets play their absolute A game and the Celtics play their absolute A game, Nets don't have a chance, right? The only way Nets can win is if they play their absolute A game and the Celtics or Toronto, whoever they're playing against, does not play their A game, and they that's the only way they'll win if they don't play their A game, if they're not on top of their game. Um, and that's what we've seen with, let's say, Boston and Milwaukee last year, right? I think both teams kind of maxed out their potential. That's why it went to a Game 7, and ultimately that's why it came down to the wire. And unfortunately, for the Bucks at least, they could not win on the road. And the Celtics could not win on the road. Um, and I think winning on the road is a very, very underrated factor. I get it. The Celtics looked good in the playoffs. They made it to this game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. They were a game. They were minutes away from going to a finals with no superstar. Can you believe that? No superstar. Their only all-star was Al Horford. Who is averaging 13 and 6. No superstar led by a rookie, Jason Tatum, led by a second year guy, Jalen Brown. Yeah, yeah, so on and so forth. The third year player, Terry Rogier. Cool. They did not, they won one game on the road. And I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Going into the. Going into the Cleveland series, we won one game on the road, and that was in Philadelphia. And that was off a that was off a last second inbound play to Al Horford. Let that soak. Let, let that sink in. That's the only road game we won, and I knew for a fact we are playing against LeBron James, the best player on the planet. If you can't steal one in Cleveland, you stand no chance. And each of those games in Cleveland, we played our worst basketball of the whole playoff. And I said, cool, yeah, we have home court advantage. But if we don't win a game on the road and we have to play a game seven, granted, we still had a chance. And granted, LeBron didn't play the greatest game ever. I knew, though, it will come down to LeBron James or a bunch of guys. And I'm going to go LeBron James, 10 out of 10. Now, if those bunch of guys have a Kyrie, no chance in, no chance in hell Cleveland comes out of that series. 
And we had finished that series in less than five, less than six games for sure. Five games, I would say. One of those games on the road what we're winning, because, especially because Kyrie knows how to play in Cleveland specifically. And he's a great road, he's a great road performer. So there's a lot of things to take into, take into consideration. Now you fast forward this year, Kyrie has missed a bunch of games. And there's this whole thing about, oh, the Celtics are 9-2 and two without Kyrie Irving. Look at the teams that we played against. In that stretch of 9-2 without Kyrie, only four of those teams, four out of those 11 teams were playoff. And you know who the two teams we lost to were? Playoff teams. We beat two playoff teams. One of those teams were the Brooklyn Nets. Granted, we are just as good as the Brooklyn Nets without Kyrie, of course, so we can win a game and we lost the game. We got actually blown out the building without Kyrie in New Jersey. That's what, that was one of the two games that we lost. We've beaten Toronto with Kyrie twice. Lost one game, but we've won twice. We've beaten Milwaukee, which we just lost to Milwaukee as well with Kyrie. And we've beaten Philly. And we can beat Philly with Kyrie, without Kyrie. As long as Brad Stevens is there and he has a group of guys who understand basketball, they don't have to be extremely talented to beat Philadelphia, apparently. Because Brad Stevens owns Philadelphia. Al Horford owns Joel Embiid. And Ben Simmons. Mind you, mind you, he covered Embiid last game. But for the most part, he covers Ben Simmons. When Baines is there, he covers Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons has no idea what to do with the basketball. So anyways, fast forward. 9-2 without Kyrie. Thursday, NBA on TNT. The talk around town is, are we better with or without Kyrie? Soon as tip-off happened, I knew the scrutiny, I knew the overanalyzation that was ready to be spewed on Twitter. Mind you, I'm pretty new to Twitter, and I have a love-hate relationship with Twitter, because I love the fact that I could just say things on Twitter, but I also hate the fact that I have to read things on Twitter. It just irks me, right? So Kyrie misses his first three, four shots. Right? Those are rhythm shots. Okay, so before I even get into the game, the question is, are we better with or without Kyrie? You want to know my opinion? We are better. We're a better team. Let's say we are a better team. We have proven to be a better, play better team basketball without Kyrie. But our ceiling is not a championship team without Kyrie. So let's say league average is 5 out of 10, right? One On a t- scale of 1 to 10, league average is 5. Without Kyrie, we are, a, we are an 8. We are a 7.5, right? And the standard for 10 is Golden State Warriors. We are a 7.5 without Kyrie with potential to be 8.5, right? That's our potential at our greatest. Everyone's on their A game. We are an 8.5. 
Right now, we are a seven with Kyrie, right? From seven and a half to seven. We are seven without Kyrie, with our ceiling to be nine and a half. Not quite as good as the Warriors on their best game, but good enough to disrupt them. Good enough to bring them to six or seven games in the finals. Absolutely. No doubt in my mind. Because I don't believe in any of these players. None of these players have showed me, specifically Al Horford, has showed me he could be um, an essential piece of a championship team, specifically when you have to play on the road. Kyrie is the only player on this team that has proven that to me. That he won a game seven on the Golden State floor. Hitting the biggest basket of finals history, arguably, between that and Ray Allen. And guess what? They both involved LeBron James <clears throat> saving LeBron. Um, so it's interesting that people think we're better. I think people are so stuck in the moment. People think, oh, because we're winning games, we are. That, mean, that equates to being better. No, the season, we're making the playoffs. That's not the big deal. The, the point of the season is to, for the Celtics at least, is to formulate. And create and produce the best possible team possible for the playoffs. And that best possible team includes Kyrie Irving. Right? So we going into the going into the game, I understood there's gonna be a lot of scrutiny. Mind you, we're playing the number one team in the league. The team, the hottest team in the league. They only got what, 15, 16 losses in the season. There are two games in front of Golden State Warriors, the greatest team ever assembled. And I knew if we lose this game, there's going to be a lot of Kyrie blame. Oh, Kyrie wasn't there for the last two games and we won, but now Kyrie's here and we lose, right? So Kyrie starts, starts off cold. And the, the, question, the question, though, also boils down to, before I get into the game, the question also boils down to what is Kyrie causing that... We play worse with him on the floor. And people say it's the ball movement. Listen, when Kyrie is putting up career numbers, and he has great career numbers aside from this year, when he's putting up career numbers, he averages slightly less in scoring, but he's significantly more more efficient from the field. He's averaging like two or three assists more than his career average. He's averaging in the sevens right now. I've never seen Kyrie Irving get so many double-doubles. Now, I'm not a stats person. I'm not the guy who looks at, because I would think, just off of stats alone, I would think, I would think uh, Russ is the greatest player to ever play this game. What? And I would think he's the greatest passer. I would think he's the best team player based on what he's, based on the numbers he produces, rebounds, Points and assists, and that's such an old metric to go by. We go by advanced metrics now, um, but if you go by those, do you think I understand? Ten assists doesn't necessarily mean you played great basketball. Doesn't mean you played great team basketball, and I understand that. So what happens is typically when Kyrie's not in the game and Brad decides to run the offense. Through Al Horford in the high post, everybody on the everybody on the perimeter moves. 
Rozier moves, Jalen Brown moves, Tatum moves. They all go in circles and eventually find open shots. When Kyrie's in the game, Brad Stevens runs an offense through Kyrie, which is usually a very basic offense. It's give Kyrie the ball on the wing or at the top of the key, and Al Horford, you screen for him. Everybody else just stand on the perimeter, wait for Kyrie to make a play. That is not Kyrie's fault. Why you can still run the offense through Al Horford. Granted, Kyrie is not the, the one the one thing I'll say about Kyrie is he's not the best off the ball person on this squad. He tends to stand still or tends to look for the ball when he's off the ball. He's not Steph Curry. He's not setting off ball screens often. Unless it's obvious that Brad drew up a play. But you could tell in Golden State, they have a they have a system in place that there doesn't have to be a play drawn. It's Curry will just go down, set a screen for Durant, and if that based on that screen, he might pop out or he might roll to the hoop. It's simple. It's very simple basketball. You learn it in high school, but somewhere along the lines, players when they get to the NBA, they become so ball dominant that they lose they lose that focus and they just want the ball. They just want the ball. But that's Brad's job to get Kyrie to play off the ball better when Marcus Marr has the ball, when Rozier has the ball. Because Rozier is much better off the ball. Marcus Smart is better off the ball. He's not a better scorer, but he's more effective. He does other things, whether he's going to go for a box out or whether he's going to go set a screen or whether whatever he's going to do, whether he's going to get the ball and make a nice pass. He's effective. Kyrie doesn't. Do, Kyrie does the backdoor cut with Horford, which works sometimes, and it works. I'm not gonna say it doesn't work, but it, it always comes down to: Is he gonna get the ball? Right. If he doesn't get the ball, what else does he do? Is he going to box out? No, he's just not that type of player. He's not. He's, his strength is not built like that. Is he going to set a screen for somebody else? No, unless he's unless the point of the play is to get the ball back. So that's, that's Kyrie's biggest flaw, in my opinion. But still, when it comes down to it, the last five minutes of a tight ball game, we've seen it in game seven. Nobody knew what to do with the ball. Terry Rogier missed like 13 shots. Something crazy like that. I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me. He missed something wild. Couldn't hit a three-pointer all game. Jalen Brown, nowhere to be found. Al Horford, our veteran on the team, nowhere to be found. Jason Tatum, he had that monster dunk, but for the most part, he was nowhere to be found too. The game was in the 70s. Nobody was, nobody was able to be found. So it's interesting because that game seven at home was very much like an away game. It didn't feel very home. It wasn't warm. It wasn't a warm environment, and it did not help that Kyrie was not on the bench. So, the question was going into last night's game: Would the Celtics look better with Kyrie on the floor? So we went through the game. Kyrie missed the first three, four shots. He was off. They weren't bad shots. They were all pretty good shots. 
fairly good shots in rhythm, in the team play. But every miss that he was gonna, every miss shot was gonna go against him. Because a miss shot for him is a possible swing pass for somebody else in everybody else's eyes for some reason. He actually didn't make a shot until he made that crazy play where he got the ball, was on the left-hand side, goes down the baseline on Brooke Lopez, goes down the baseline, and does a wild fadeaway. And he makes it. He makes those shots, right? It wasn't the best shot, but he made it. It's, I don't mind those type of shots once out of every three, four possessions. It's a gift and a curse of having a player that good. So Kyrie continues to miss. He only has two points and like maybe one assist going into the half. It was a terrible game. But he wasn't ruining the flow of the game. He was just off. That's it. He was just off. And then the game continues. Giannis is doing his thing. But Al Horford is doing his thing too. He's playing great defense. The team as a whole is playing great defense. Milwaukee's turning over the ball like crazy. Celtics are doing a very good job of not, not turning over the ball. And we're scoring off of turnovers. We just had a terrible shooting night. That's the reason why the game was close. And that's the reason why the Bucs had a chance to win. Kyrie hits a few shots in a row. Out of rhythm shots. Like he's just kind of going down the court and just pulling up. I don't like that shot all the time unless he's already hit like two or three in a row shots. I don't like when he just comes out of nowhere and just shoots a three-pointer. Um, contested, but he made it again. Gift and curse of having a player that good bails us out of situations when nobody's hitting shots. Mind you, Terry Rozier came in the game, could not find could not find the basket. I don't know what it is about Terry. He's a great he's great when he's starting for us, but lately off the bench he's he can't he can't seem to find the rhythm. And that's on him. He's not better than Kyrie. Maybe the offense plays a little bit better with, without Kyrie. But he's not better than Kyrie. So he needs to learn how to play the bench role. And he needs to learn how to be a spark off the bench. Matter of fact, Jalen Brown looked better off the bench. And that's maybe because Gordon Hayward wasn't playing. So Kyrie gets a little, a little rhythm going. And then he goes cold again. Misses... Layup after layup after floater after shot. Just missing. Again, none of these shots are wildly out of rhythm or out of the flow of the offense. They're just missing. So I don't put it all on him. I don't, I don't look at it and be like, oh, we're better. The only time I seen out of rhythm shots or out of the flow of the offense shots was the last two minutes of the game where Kyrie felt the need to shoot. Three or four possessions in a row. You should know. I know when I'm playing basketball in a five-on-five game. I don't care if it's at the gym or if it's an organized basketball game. I know when I'm dribbling too much or I know when I'm shooting too much. Especially when you're not in, especially when you're not feeling it that night. But I think the pressure got to Kyrie. Because he, he was passing the ball early on despite missing a lot of shots. He was passing the ball early on. Passing on shots that he probably could have took. And he probably could have made. But he was, he was distributing the ball. Trying to find a way to make this work. And then towards the end of the game, he just said, fuck that. I'm taking these shots. 
and he just was not hitting them until he made some very good, very contested shots um, late, which kept us in the game. Um, it, but it came down to the last two minutes, the last five shots came to Al Horford and and Kyrie just doing pick and pop. And that's I had a bone to pick with Kyrie on. See, none of the none of my, none of my issues with Kyrie had anything to do with what the what the public perception of his game is. He did a lot of pick and pops last night, where Marcus Morris or Al Horford would set the screen on him, and he would go, and the double team would come, and he would do these behind the back passes. Every, almost everything he did was behind the back, but they were low. Horford or Marcus Morris. Catching the ball at his knees. These guys are not pure shooters. These guys are set shooters, meaning they need to catch the ball in the pocket to be effective from deep. So, and I think that's there's a there's a stat for that, and I, and uh, a friend showed it to me the other day. And I think that is why someone like Rajon Rondo is a very good point guard. And it's very underrated because when you're doing pick and pop or Chris Paul as well, they are very good at getting the ball in the right spot. It is not about getting the ball to the player, right? You can get away with that if you're doing that type of pass to Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or Terry Rozier. They can catch the ball anywhere and still keep their rhythm and be able to knock down the shot. But Marcus, but Marcus Morris and, and uh, Al Horford, they need pocket passes. Al Horford is probably mo- the most predictable player when it comes to you know he's going to make that shot because of based on the pass and based on the timing of the shot and how contested it was. So I, I, every shot I knew, it was, I, I knew it wasn't going in. I'm like, this is like two or three shots from Al Horford from deep or from the, maybe the mid-range where I'm like, these passes are just off. Those are my issues with Kyrie's. It had nothing to do with him taking too many shots, him over-dribbling. Matter of fact, he doesn't over-dribble. Unless it's the last two minutes. It's the only time I've ever really seen him over-dribble. He knows how to get by people. It's whether he's making the right play after that. That's the issue. Anyways, like I said, I'm not going to keep you guys here too long. So I'm going to wrap this up. Um... Man, I hate moral victories. I do not like moral victories, but I've seen a lot of good things come out of the Celtics last night. I feel like we didn't play our good game. Bucks, I think we have the Bucks number because I haven't, like, you know, the, the, the 15 games that they lost this season or the 40-whatever game that they won this season, I haven't, I've seen a few of those games, and they, they are on fire, but I have not seen a great game they played against the Celtics ever. So after about three or four games and when we play them very well and they don't play that well, you start to realize, oh, okay, this is actually them versus us. So they played their normal game, maybe a little bit of rust from Middleton because he was turning the ball over crazy. Maybe a little bit of rust. But for the most part, that, is, that was the Bucks. We, that, we seen what the Bucks. maybe a little bit better Middleton and a more, uh, a more, a more acclimated mirror trick, right? Maybe that. That's because mirror trick. That was his first game last night, so I assume I can only assume he's going to be better going forward. 
I think he hit maybe one or two threes that game, and that's really all you heard from him. And he had one layup under the hoop. Um, and I think that was off for Kyrie, who just like literally just watched it the whole time. Um, but either way, that was the Bucks, and the Celtics did not play their A game. They played more of like a B game. And I'm not counting the missed shots. It's more about their style of play. Because missed shots are going to come. They're going to be off some nights. It is what it is. It's more about the, the uh, quality of shots they're getting, the ball movement, and the defense. The defense was A. A game last night. Caused havoc for most of the night for them. For Bledsoe caused havoc. For Middleton caused havoc. For Giannis. Giannis had some, tur- some big turnovers. The only ones that really, really we didn't affect was Malcolm Brogdon. He he played really good. And Brooke Lopez, you can only cover so many people. Brooke Lopez is like that guy at the gym who's just always going to be open, and he's just always going to hit those shots. And you don't want to put a great defender on him because it's like you feel like you're wasting a defender on somebody. But in reality, he hits the shots at a high rate, very deep too. Either way, I mean, I look forward to what we should see going forward. I'm going to try to make this a weekly or a bi-weekly podcast based on the number of news stories coming out. Oh, man, I've just been so overwhelmed. I mean, you in one week, in three days, you have Jesse Smollett, Bob Kraft, R. Kelly... This is all a matter of two days. There's a lot going on. I can't keep up. I'm going through my Twitter feed like, what is happening in this world? Either way, it's just, I laugh at these stories, honestly. As long as nobody is dying. As long as there's no... Nobody is truly affected. Bob Craft, prostitution, really. He's probably going to get fined. And that's about it. Jim Bayheim. Somebody died in that. That that hurt me. These are all headlines that came out in the last two or three days. So it's very overwhelming. So I choose to just watch the Celtics fall the NBA and get some sleep. My God. My voice is gone. I'll see you guys on the next episode of the Black Celtic. Again, my name is Benyon, but you guys can call me the Black Celtic. On all me on all social media platforms, Yams is life. Y A M Z I S L I F E. Please follow me. I will follow back if you are if we have mutual interest. Don't if you have two followers and you don't tweet nothing, you haven't tweeted anything for eight months. Probably not going to follow you. But if you're interested in Celtics Celtics content and Celtics and Celtics commentary, please, please, please follow. I beg. Anyways, thank you. I welcome you guys to come for the next episode. And I will, I will, I will stay on top of it. Thank you very much.